Hey, have you always wanted to be on the Best of Sales Skills podcast? Well, here's your chance. Do you have a sales question or maybe a sales challenge? Well, then I want to hear from you. You see, I'm always trying to come up with new ways to interact with the most important people involved with this podcast. And of course, that's you, the listener. Because without listeners, without an audience, it doesn't matter how good the host is and it doesn't matter how good the guests are. So here's something specifically for you, the listener. Ask me anything about sales. Ask me anything about sales and I'll answer it live on the podcast. If I don't know or if it's not in my area of expertise, I'll go and get another expert to answer it for us. All you need to do is send an audio message to mark at markmc.co and I'll play your question out live on the episode. Then I'll provide you with a detailed outline of what I'd do if I was in your situation. So again, what do you need to do? All you need to do is send an audio message, so record your question, and send that to me at mark at markmc.co, and I'll play your question out live on the episode. Of course, I'll then provide you with a detailed outline what I'd do if I was in your situation. Okay, can't wait to see what you've got for me. Let's get into the episodes. Bye. Hi, Mark Minas. Thanks for listening. In this podcast, we share actionable tactics and techniques you can implement to be measurably better at selling. Today, we're talking to frontline sales leader, Andrew Vidler. Andrew has some great frameworks to help you nail your value prop, improve your curiosity, questioning skills, and to nail your credibility. Andrew came to my attention through his posts on LinkedIn. The the posts that he does, they're no fast, they're super technical and very usable. So it just made sense I got him on the podcast to share some of those ideas with you. Today, we're gonna walk through three key areas. That is value prop creation, developing curiosity in your questioning, and demonstrating credibility. All three things are super valuable for salespeople today. Now, because Andrew is leading a team, he spends a lot of time helping his team improve their selling skills. So the frameworks that he shares here are how he's coaching and challenging his team now. So that means that this chat's great for those leaders who want some ideas around how to improve your team's skills in these three areas, or If you're a frontline seller yourself, you can use these frameworks to build out your own skills. Before we jump into this chat with Andrew, can I ask, are you signed up to my VIP sales mailer yet? See, every Tuesday, I send out a short email with some of my very best sales tactics and ideas. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to love that uh, email. So to sign up, simply go to markmc.co and you can sign up right on the front page of the website. It's really easy to put in your email address and your name. Every Tuesday I send it out, it's a short read, there's no fluff, no spam, just great strategies, one email per week, that's it. All right, let's jump in and have a listen to hear what Andrew Vidler has to say. Andrew, welcome to the Boss Podcast, thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, Mark, really, uh, really keen to be here. Thanks for inviting me. My absolute pleasure. And of course, I invited you because you're filling up my LinkedIn feed with really sensible sales stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I really enjoy these interactions when I get the opportunity to see somebody who's not a sales guru, no Mm -hmm. disrespect to your skill level, but you know, you're, you're not in a, you're not a sales trainer, you're not a sales enabler as such, you know, you're a, you're an everyday sales leader out there selling stuff, working teams, and and yet you're sharing some really good common sense stuff on LinkedIn. And so it was a no-brainer for me to say, hey, man, can you come and share some of that with my audience? Because we love this stuff. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I've got your seal of approval. Uh, same goes to you. A lot of practical practical tools you give out to your audience. So, you know, very, very keen to hopefully add some value to that as well. Cool. And uh, full disclaimer, you know, we did some work months ago together. So we, we yep. have worked together. Yep. So that's probably why you were in my LinkedIn feed in the first place. But <laughs> yeah, that's that, that makes sense. So... Um, Andrew, I know you, but the audience doesn't. So, you know, why should tell us a little bit about you? Why should why should we listen to you? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah. Uh, so, look, I've spent about ten years in in B two B sales now. I actually, I've been in sales for a lot longer than that, doing the uh, the retail game. But it's about ten years in B two B sales. I started out in financial services sales and then pretty quickly pivoted across to to tech sales. So that's very much my background. Right. Uh, anything around data. Security is probably my my wheelhouse. I noticed, you know, about three to four years ago, a lot of things in sales changed. You, you probably agree with me here that you know, there's been a lot of rapid changes in the last three to four years. It seems to get more rapid every year. Um, and while there's a lot of awesome information out there around different tech stacks and, and different you know methodologies for specific things, I found that you know having been an SDR and then now and then having coached SDRs as well and now having coaching a team, I found that there's really three core skills that are missing. So mm-hmm. those core skills are you know, what I want to talk about with you today, but that's really what I've learned. And it's, it's, it's really guided me throughout my career and continues to guide me to this day. So that's where I've come from. Okay. And so what, can you say who you work for now and what it is that you do? So you run a team. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for a company called Dynedome. Uh, They're a Canadian company. We sell uh, workload software for for legal and property professionals. Mm -hmm. That's going to go right against what I'm about to tell you, but (laughs) just to give you a bit of a quick background on who we are. And I run a team of five. So we have both outbound uh, sales reps as well as a team of, of account managers, but everyone within the team is selling. Yep. Are you selling yourself? Are you carrying a bag? Uh, I'm not carrying a bag myself, no, but I'm obviously working with the team. I'm out there with them. I, I, I make sure that 50% of my week is with them on high value revenue generating activities. Yep. Okay. I love that. That seems to be the, like the, it's such a simple metric, but it seems to be the one that works a lot. There's a lot of businesses that have that, you know, I spend 50% of my time with my with my team um, and that's been consistent for a while. And, and those teams that I see are typically over outperforming. So yeah, fifty uh, percent is a good rule because you don't always make it. <laughs> so some weeks you go for more because you know that there's going to be another week that comes down the corner where you have uh, internal stuff to do. So fifty percent is is a good rule of thumb. If across the month you can average that, you know, across the four weeks, then you know you're golden. Yep. Okay. Cool. So w- what are the strategies that you wanted to share today? What have we got? Yeah. So as I said, you know, there's three core skills here. Mm-hmm. Probably nothing that's going to blow anyone's mind. But if we if we take these into into actionable ways, we can use them. I think it's yep. going to give you know a lot of value. So there's one is confidence skills, two is curiosity skills, and three is credibility skills. So these three skills together. I'm really I'm really curious about the second one. <laughs> Sorry, dad joke. Yeah, absolutely, dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> so confidence, curiosity, and credibility, and credibility. Okay, yeah. I, I I love those. The, the credibility is so important, very much overlooked. Curiosity, great traits to have, and confidence. So it's confidence is considered a bit of a mystery, though, isn't it? Like, how, mm. how do you, how do you manage your own confidence? You know, I, I've, I'm having a bad day. Someone swore at me on the train, and now my confidence is smashed. You know, um, someone said you're a superstar, and I've got high high levels of confidence. So yeah, let's jump into that one first. If is that, is that okay? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So with confidence, there's you know, there's kind of two ways of looking at it, right? There's confidence within yourself. Um, we can we can probably talk about that for for days on end. I think you like to listen to some music to pump yourself up before making phone calls, things like that. I do the same thing. But really, what I'm talking about with confidence here is confidence in what you're saying. So the confidence in the product, in the customer, in the conversation you're about to have. You know, being able to look someone in the eyes and genuinely understand, believe in your heart of hearts that you actually 
no, this will change their mind. So being able to use language like that, emphasizing things like that, because you truly understand that what you're doing is actually going to change their their business and make do things for the better for them. So so, so this is, you know, I understand that whatever it is that I'm selling, product mm-hmm. or service, is, genu- is truly valuable. Correct, correct. And it really comes down to, you know, the impact. So, so again, as I said before, you know, I, I broke my own rule around the around who I work for and what we do. But it's about understanding the impact you're going to have with the customer at the end, right? It's, this happens a lot in tech too. I'm not sure if you, if you've seen this a lot, but in tech, a lot of companies come out and they talk about how great they are. Um, they're not even trying to be arrogant about it, and they're not. It's just about we have this amazing tech stack, and this is all this cool stuff that we can do. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, maybe the other guy who's doing the implementation at the other end cares about that stuff, but the person he's selling to absolutely doesn't. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's about yeah. understanding that impact, right? So if you can really understand the impact of, of what you're doing with a business, you can then, or to that business, you can then work your way backwards. So the way that we do it within our teams is we build a framework out and you start your value proposition or, and then eventually your elevator pitch, which I find is kind of a, a very trimmed down version. Mm-hmm. You start with what you're selling for the customers. So in our world, what I would say is, you know, lawyers spend, lawyers and legal professionals spend far too much time on non-billable activities. You know, that's that's a really good way of, of starting the elevator. So you're right. selling to lawyers just to help everybody out there? Correct, correct, yep. yeah. So, yep. when so you're, selling. when you're reaching out to lawyers, what are you saying? Say it again, nice and slow. So lawyers spend far too much time on non-billable activities. Okay. So the biggest friction point for their business is how much time they spend away from their customers, which is non-billable. So this is a common problem across the industry, right? I know this for a fact. You talk to anyone who has who who, uh, who does billable hours, and you'll, they'll always tell you, I, "I wish that all my hours were billable." <laughs> They're not. So this is this is the key problem we're solving. So we start with that there, and if you understand that problem space and what you're solving for that person, if you know that that's their key friction yep. point, right? Yep. You, can, yep. you can pick any friction point, change it some vertical. If you, if you know that that's their friction point, you start with that. And you know you're going to be talking with that person's language. So that's that's really sort of the, the main point of it there. Then you then you build down from there of, of how you do it, right? And then you and then you quantify it at the end. So yep, legal professionals spend far too much time on non-billable activities. Uh, we find that the the highest friction point for them is is administrative work. At best, that means they're spending too much time on that. At worst, it means they're going to actually hire a headcount or multiple headcounts to to solve that problem. So right. it's a very expensive uh, issue for them. Quantified, our customers on average, uh, can, you know our Legal professionals on average who are in property are closing two and a half matters on average more per week by using our workflow software. Hmm. Okay. Compelling. No mention of your soft, no mention of what you do until the end. Till the very end. Yeah. And you know, like, and you were making apologies for telling us what you did at the start. I actually think they're two different things. And I think that's why people get confused is because yeah. when we're meeting each other at a networking event and say, what do you do? I run a small sales team in a tech space. Yeah. Right. That's the 90 second spiel, right? But you can't take that. Well, it's not even 90 seconds, nine seconds spiel. You can't take that to your clients. <laughs> Correct. But Correct. people but people do because they try and think, you know, like, how can I, you know, introduce myself in a way that's going to create revenue? Well, if someone just is at a barbecue or, you know, in the lift, so, Andrew, what, you know, what do you do? Oh, you know, I work in the tech space, you know, focus on data and and, and, I, and I run a sales team. That's that's what we want to know. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's that that whole idea of it's know your audience, right? So if I'm out at a, you know, at a conference or if I'm at a party, you know, a barbecue or something with with my, you know, my partner's work friends, you know, they might have a limited understanding. I can go, I'm a sales manager and they go, okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm at a conference or if I'm at a, you know, if I'm out with customers, I'm in, in that sort of environment, 
I really need to make sure that I'm speaking their language from the beginning. It's right. it's got to it's got to be relatable to them upfront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. So and and do you have like a way for people to find this with their organizations? So I love this by the way. This is 10 out of 10. So how to actually find what what the problems that we're solving? Yeah. So yeah. So how do they get that confidence? How do they get to that narrative that you've just described? Sure, sure. I mean, look, obviously, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you're aware of of, of how you're helping the customers internally, so you can go out and speak. Like, I'm a big proponent. You know, if you're just joining a business or if you've been in business with, for five years, speak to your customers, understand what they're doing, get the good stuff and the bad stuff. Make sure you really know, right? So that's the first point. But when I'm working with my teams and and how we develop this, uh, what we do is we do a few exercises. So the first one I do is I get them to throw out their best value proposition, right? And then I'll get my team, everyone else, to then give feedback on that. So, hey, look, what did you think about this? You know, what did you think about John Smith's, uh, <laughs> what did you think about his example? You know, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it, right? So we get them to do that that live feedback session. It gets everyone to think about it on the spot. Then what I do is I, I show them this structure, you know, having that customer's like problem, customer's language, and then, you know, quantifying the, the solution there. Yep. So I show them that. Then I ask them again, okay, great. I'm going to give you five minutes. Go do another version of this. Come back to me. And what you find is they come back and they they hit they hit pieces of it. It's already a massive improvement. So it's really important that you know everyone sort of goes away and, and learns a bit in that moment. Again, live feedback, right? It's it's always trying to do this live feedback. So then we're we're, we're just that mind share happens where people start to point out stuff. Oh yeah, I kind of missed this part, and I actually really like that part over there. And so they start to it start to really build it together in their mind. And then my, the, the sort of the last stage of that, I'll say, great guys. So now you've been given the framework. We've tested this a couple of times live over the course of let's say an hour. Yep. Go away. In a week's time, I want you to come back with your bulletproof best version, top iteration of this, of your value proposition. They come back and then they give me that. And then you'll usually find that they've had a bit of time to think about it. They've gone away. They've seen things on LinkedIn. They might've read a book or whatever happens to be. And they come back and they've got usually a really solid version. And I think probably the most important part is I go, that's fantastic. Keep working on it. Just always have that in your back pocket. Every every three months, revisit this. Think about it. You know, as things change within the industry, as our products get developed and we bring new things out, keep that in your back pocket. And the most important part about all of this is that I don't give them a talk track. I don't tell them this is what it should be. And this is not the value proposition. They now have the skills to make the value proposition out of anything. Right. Okay. So love it. So in that framework again, that three-step framework that you had, what was it? Yeah. So the first is talk about the problem. Yep. Relate the problem to their to their industry and then quantify the solution. Okay, and and love it. So roll roll yours again. So we help. My version of our value proposition would be legal professionals. Their biggest problem is they have they spend too much time on non billable activities. Yep. The most friction they see within their day to day is is taking the time away to do administrative work. At best, that problem becomes you know too much time spent themselves, late nights, the rest of it. At at worst, what that is is you know spending money on on headcount. So what we do essentially is. You know, with customers who've used our product, they've found that they, on average, they can they can complete two and a half more matters per week um, across their board for, for legal and property professionals. Yep. They do this by using our workflow software. Lovely. Okay. I got it. Uh, that works. I, I, good. All right. So that's the confidence piece. All right. Let's jump into uh, curiosity. So Great. Great. Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dad jokes. I Love them. So the curiosity piece is really more. So again, as you probably see, I'm trying to you know make sure this is as tactical as possible for everyone. Yeah. Curiosity is it's really just about 
how do you run a conversation? How do you structure it? How do you run a conversation? I'm sure you and, and all of your audience have heard all about the question funnel, you know, open, transition, close questions. Yep. That's great. The problem I find, though, is that people jump too quickly through them. So they, they ask a question, an open question, someone gives an answer, they, they ask one or two, and then they just jump straight to, to trying to sell, right? Uh, yeah, that's a problem I can solve. So I want, I want to throw the product in there um, at the first stance. So the, really what we try to do is we try to remove people from, from jumping in and, and pitching too early. We want them to have really engaging conversations. So the way that we do this, you know, well, really what we're talking about here is active listening, right? So again, I'll, I'll give you uh, sort of an exercise on, on what we do. I get team members to just, I go, okay, let's remove products. Let's remove the company. Let's remove all of this for a moment. I want you to find out something about me. Just let's have a conversation. So, you know, you know what the question funnel is, open transition, close question. Just just ask me anything about myself. I did this with, with one of my uh, current team members and she started with what I did on the weekend. Turns out, this is obviously a little while ago. It turns out I, I watched one of the DC Comics films. And as we kept going, she kept asking more questions. She was really curious. She didn't understand this about me. She wanted to learn more and more and more. And she got really enthusiastic. And she learned that the, the closed question was, and at the end was, do you read DC Comics? And I said, yes. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you. It's an expensive hobby. Don't do it. I did it for about two years. I bought, bought a bunch of comics. But you know, there was a period where I was really reading it. And she had no idea about that about me, right? And it just stemmed from being curious and asking me questions because she really genuinely cared about what the next answer was going to be. Yep. Okay, and and so that and that's your exercise that you can do inside your sales team to build curiosity. That's clever. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that a lot because a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, be curious." And then, well, how do you train that? Okay, and that's that's a really let's not add anything to that because the simplicity is the gold. I think. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And then from there, obviously, what you can do is you just you just take that and you just put it into a work environment, right? You can do it by steps or you can do it in one go, whatever it happens to be. The logic is, as you said, the simplicity. So it's just about getting curious, about understanding people's answers. And you're right, right? People say, oh, be curious. <laughs> it's one of those things like, be better. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you do that? So this is just a good way. It's just stripping it back to... Yeah, the, the fundamentals, which is how do you have a conversation, but being being intentional in, in having a conversation. Right. Okay. And I can see where this is going because if I just go to have a conversation and just ask you a thousand questions and you're a prospect, at some point you're going to go, come on, man, you're supposed to be helping me out here. And, yeah. just, <laughs> and, and, and I'm guessing that's where the credibility piece comes in, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. right. So, it, you know, we talk about being intentional and, and asking the right questions. And then, yeah, that comes to the credibility piece. So the credibility really is just about, you know, we talked before about, you know, building a really rock solid value proposition based on what the customers need. And then we move into the curiosity, which is asking the right questions with a, with a, with a prospect. Credibility is just the, the summation of the other two, but it's about the prep work that you do. So some people talk about, you know, can should, should you have a customized outreach program for each individual client? Some people say, no, you can do it en masse. I probably sit somewhere in the middle, which is that, you know, with if you're in if you're in mid market or if you're in enterprise, but you've got a larger total addressable market, this is probably not quite right for the guys who've got a patch of twenty and they need to sell it, you know, over the over the next two years. But if you've got a, a reasonably sized market or, or beyond, really what you want to do is you want to research by vertical. And so what I do is I work with the team to essentially find out all the different trends and opportunities within that market, the key challenges that they're facing, you know, solid ideas on their their growth areas find out about their competitors, all that sort of stuff. Really understand the world that they live in because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're speaking to, how amazing they are or, or, or quiet they are, whatever. Day to day, that person is really focused on what they're trying to achieve. So if you can speak that language with them and build that credibility quickly in a sales cycle, you know, you're going to make sure that the conversation flows properly. My ethos has always been that deals are won and lost in the discovery stage, always. <laughs> so if you can get in there quickly and start to speak their language, you know, for example, in fraud and identity uh, space that I used to work in, if you look at that space, 
you know, we, we spoke to a number of telco providers. They actually all had a very similar problem. That problem was that they had handset fraud because they would send out a handset to a, you know, customer, sorry, quote unquote customer. And then it wasn't until about five days later when that handset was turned on in Eastern Europe that they realized that there was an issue, right? So but that that problem was was you know quite you know universal across those uh, across these different firms. So if I could go in there to, with one firm and understand that was a problem, I could go to another firm and go, guys, you know, what's the response time for you on from a handset being sent out to a customer to being turned on? What is your actual response time there? And they'd say, oh, well, I don't know, maybe about a week. And I go, great. So you, you've lost a week there. And let, let me have a guess here, you know, being knowing full well, I know what the answer is yeah. going to be. Let me have a guess here. I'm going to assume that you've probably got a team here who's quite reactive in the sense that they're waiting for something to happen and then they're acting on it. Oh, uh, yeah, that's about right. Okay, great. Well, I've worked with another customer on doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. You're talking their language because you know what problems they're facing and you're doing it quickly. That's yeah. the That's the credibility piece. Okay, I love it. So now how do you train the team to get hold of those credibility pieces? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different things you can do. I think probably the important part here is, you know, to use one of the world's most cliche sales uh, sales expressions, don't boil the ocean. You just need to research, right? So, you know, we have tools like LinkedIn, which are great for researching prospects and, and companies. But Honestly, some of the simplest things are the best. If you follow industry bodies, if you go onto Google and use that company, search that name, um, and you follow them on news, you, you set that up to, to remind you anytime there's news coming through. And if you just search industry trends on things, right? You know, if you're in a if you're in a major sort of industry, it's going to be really easy to do. If you're in a smaller industry, it's going to be even easier to do <laughs> because that that messaging is going to be so uh, going to be so simple. But just by following the the news, industry bodies, news articles, every industry will have their own specific um, news websites and all that sort of stuff. If you just follow that, you'll start to see trends over a period of time, even as short as a month to three months, you'll start to see what those trends are. That's the first one. The second one is speak to existing customers. I said it earlier, but they are gold. They will give you all the information, right? If you've got existing customers in that vertical, just go and talk to them. Hey, look, you know, or, or talk to the account reps, right? If, if you're a BDM and you're going out there or an SDI and you're going to go out there and sell to, to new customers within that vertical and you've got account managers or, or someone else of the, within that remit, go and talk to them. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying to sell to, to you know, XYZ construction company. You've already got ABC construction company. Why? What are you doing with them? What conversations are you having with them? What's the, what's the dirt that you can give me from, from the conversations yep. you're having with these guys? And both of those things together will be, you know, invaluable in building just all you need is sort of one or two talk tracks, a good war story, and, and you're good to go. Yep. I look, I completely agree. And I think there's a couple of things here that I wanted to just quickly highlight. One, what when salespeople get together, they typically complain about how hard the budget is, right? Or how, <laughs> how, bad, how bad the commission plan is or, yep. Yep. right? Instead, we should be saying, hey, I saw you, how did you sell this, right? Like, you know, what was the talking points there? You know, we've, I think we're really bad at using those opportunities and we just tend to complain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> whenever people get together, and and the last thing I'd say is is you'd actually be surprised what you can find by googling, right? So yes. if you, if you were to Google, you know, phone stores, you know, challenges in twenty twenty, you'd probably find, you know, yeah. that fraud, fraud, you know, within if the, if you go to the second page of Google, I know no one goes to the second page of Google, <laughs> actually did click on yeah, news yeah. and go to the second page, you, you know, and you'd start to see some trends. It's it's amazing. So people like PwC and and KPMG and Deloitte and you know Gardner and all these guys make money by doing this research then publishing absolutely. it, you know, and the head the the key points are usually in the headlines. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, like, like yeah. how to solve because they've got to sell the reports to the industry. So if they, so, what they say is, you know, I'm going to use your example: how to solve phone fraud in 2022 in in APAC. Yeah. 
right? That, and that'll be the headline. And you go, well, geez, all I need to know is that phone fraud's a challenge. Now I need to dig a bit deeper and find it out because they're not going to have a different headline because they're going to try and sell their reports and their data to the people and it's got to, it's got to resonate. Um, conferences is another one too. Like anytime there's a conference, have a look at what the speaking topics are. So, you know, yeah, that's a good the, first, one. That's a- the, the first ones on day one and two are nearly always going to be the power things, right? So they want people to get there and be there early yeah. to pay attention. Good stuff. Another good one as well is uh, LinkedIn hashtags. Um, there's a lot of bad hashtags out there, don't get me wrong, but if you got find specific ones, uh, they can be really, really good. I mean, I remember when I was working in that world, you know, just literally doing there's people will tag their posts with hashtag social engineering fraud. Great. Click on that and you'll just see endless posts from people either complaining or trying to solve it. <laughs> either way, you'll find out, you know, what people are talking about within within that particular problem space. Lovely. That's a that's a really good idea. I like that. Okay. So Andrew, great ideas. If people only do one thing different, so they've listened to the podcast, they've got, they've got a bunch of uh, content there, they go and do one thing differently as a result of listening to you today, what would your advice be? Yeah, this is a good question because there's a lot of things you could take from, uh, a lot of different things you could take from from this, different ways you could go. But I think probably the most critical one here is just getting really, really solid on that value proposition um, and the structure of it. Not my one or, or, or the one you specifically need to use right now, but just that system. Because if you have that system, you can use it anywhere. So practice it, use it, iterate it, find out there's bits that don't work, practice it again. Keep going like that. If you, if you could just do that from, from my advice here today, I think uh, I think it would serve you well. Yep, and I, and I agree. Most people fail in their early comms because they've got the wrong value prop. Yeah, I agree. Yep, because it's, it's not it's not relevant. So I'm, a, I'm, on, I'm on board with this. This is a good plan. If people want a bit more of Andrew, what's the best way for them to catch you, mate? Uh, look, honestly, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So best way to find me is just uh, just jump onto my LinkedIn page. Uh, feel free to, if you want to follow me, you can follow me. But if you want to connect as well and, and, and have a conversation, more than happy to. Always happy for a chat. Yep. And so that's Andrew, V-I-D-L-E-R. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Easy to find. Andrew, mate, thanks for taking some time out of your busy life to come on to the Boss Podcast. I really appreciate it. Right, thank you for having me. That's uh, It's been really good. Nice. 